Great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Wednesday. It's going to be a very, very busy, busy show today. Busy, 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 busy. We'll be going over results from the election last night. We can tell you West Ada failed. We'll just tell you in case you didn't hear it in the news. We'll talk more about it. Get your input. The uh, election, the two local ones that people were concerned about. And of course, uh, the other one was for Valley View School District. Yeah. It did pass. Oh, my, my prediction from West Ada came true. Mine, too. Um, prediction for Valley View also passed. $78 million bond. And if you're wondering, saying, okay, why did one pass and the other didn't? And, and by the way, Valley View School District passed by 71%. By 71%? Yeah. Or it got 71%? It got 71%. Okay. So they got 71% to positive vote to pass it. Yeah. And if people are wondering, and it, and it also wasn't close for West Ada not passing. And if you're wondering, okay, well, why does one school district, is it because of the cost? Because West Ada was $500 million or $500,000, sorry, half a million dollars, and the, or no, I was right, 500, yeah, half a right. billion dollars, right? Right. Um, 500,000 probably would have been okayed. Was it the cost? No. Um, West Ada would have raised property taxes. If you have a half million dollar home in the West Ada district, your taxes would have gone up 500 dollars per year on average and people were opposed to that people were opposed to that well you never know and if you're wondering why um the valley view school district bond passed so easily it's because that bond would not have raised school or wouldn't have raised property taxes at all because all it was was an extension right four-year extension to the bond rather than adding new money and more property taxes and we, we we said it Earlier, you may think, and I think that there are a lot of people who think that schools need help in the West Ada School District. There are more schools needed because Meridian has grown so quickly, and most of the West Ada School Districts are in Meridian. And there are a lot of people that think, hey, we need new schools. We need some of the schools do need to be improved. However, I think there are a lot of people who think that that looking and have been asking for property tax help for years from the Idaho legislature. They finally get it this year, which would have saved, which saves about five to six hundred dollars per year been, on property taxes mm-hmm. on an average house. Which would have been then wiped out, right? Yeah. yeah. So they wait. I you mean I get finally get property tax and then I'm just gonna give it all back no. So it's fairly simple then it comes down to uh do you want to improve schools? Yes. Do you want some new taxes? No, I no. do not. Yeah. I, I think that's where the problem lies. And, I mean, it's a big ask, right? Half a billion dollars is a big ask. They had a big ask problem. They did. We'll talk more about that. We'll give you updates on uh, local area levies here in the Treasure Valley and how they did. Also, uh, it's not quite up yet, uh, Rick Worthington. Working on it. We'll have uh, state results and updates from all the election results because there were a lot of other elections uh, 
votes that happened yesterday that had right. more than just to do with bonds or levies. You had uh, school or uh, library districts uh, voting on that, um, who to be in charge in the district. So those will be up a little bit later. We're not going to go through everything because it would take uh, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that's really important this morning is going to take a lot of time for us to get through um, that we're going to be talking about has to do with the investigation. Steptoe and Johnson, half-million-dollar investigation, which, by the way, um, wasn't complete because they ran out of money. Maybe they should have voted on that, <laughs> like they do the bond levy, right? They gave an extra, what, 150000 <laughs> Yeah. And apparently that still isn't enough to finish uh, the investigation. It's also only partially finished. Um, I do have questions. Uh, I, do, I am glad to hear um, some of the results, some of the results surprise me. They might surprise you. We're going to get your input, and we're going to hear from Michael Bromwich of Steptoe and Johnson uh, in highlights from that. We can't give you the whole thing because it's like an hour and 20 minutes long, and we're not going to display the whole thing um, yesterday. But he made his presentation to the Boise City Council yesterday on the investigation. And we're going to hear some of the highlights, and then we're going to get your thoughts on what you think about this when it comes to the investigation, basically, of Matt Ringelson. That's mainly what this was about. That's what started it. And then going into that further, they wanted to find out, all right, if, if Matthew Bringelson was this racist guy, as we know, because he took part in a white supremacist convention, he also wrote blogs, and they wanted to find out if that was... Something that showed up within the Boise Police Department, not just from him, but also if there was systemic racism within the Boise yeah, Police under Department. under him. Yeah. So we'll hear some of that coming up here for you this morning. We're going to play that throughout the morning. And like I said, there there, there are quite a, a bit of information that I want to share with you that is very interesting. Stuff that some of the things we have, I have even more questions after listening to this yesterday. And like I said, it's an hour and 20 minutes. So we're not going to play the whole thing, but we do have a few of the highlights of the investigation that we are going to be playing coming up here this morning. In addition to that, also on the way for you, uh, we are going to be giving you Idaho Steelheads tickets. They get underway with the playoffs coming up here this coming Saturday and Sunday. Against the walleye. Yeah. The Steelheads Uh, against the walleye. We got got the Battle of the Fish. Mm. Yeah. Who's... I I think the steel... I think a steelhead is much better than a walleye. But that's just my personal opinion. (laughs) Uh, we have tickets coming up here for you this morning. A couple chances for you to get uh, tickets for Saturday night's game. If you want to go see the Idaho Steelheads take on the walleye. First round, this is the uh, division finals, correct? So basically the semifinals of the ECHL playoffs. Right. But it is the division finals, so they can win the division if they uh, take four out of the seven games. And the first two games will be played here at home. I believe, I haven't seen the uh, format, but I believe the next three games then go to Toledo. And then the final two games, if needed, will come back home here to Boise. That makes sense. That's, yeah. that's always made the most sense. The, the one that it screwed us up last time because it was supposed to be two games here and then three games yeah. in Allen, Texas. However, there was somebody using the Idaho Central Credit Arena, mm-hmm. so they couldn't move their thing. So and they then had there to, was a shooting in Allen, yeah. Texas. So two games were supposed to be in Allen, then the shooting. So they played one game and then moved the re- Allen. I have to admit, Allen kind of got screwed. Well, through yeah. no fault of their own, but they they kind of did. 
things happen. Yeah. So we also have Luke Combs concert tickets coming up here for you today. That concert's coming up on Saturday, um, looking like a fantastic outdoor stadium concert coming up for you. Sold out concert, but we have tickets. Keep listening for your chance to win all that today. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, 1-800-529-5264 if you want to get through. You can also email Chris at chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. KBOI News Time 614. Let's get our first check on what's going on with sports. Whew, a lot of stuff going on this morning. Hopefully you'll stick around all morning long as we talk about this stuff. This update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget the place to go, not only for breakfast, but, man, you want some absolutely fantastic lunch food. Every day there is a new soup made from scratch. Get in and find some of the best soups you're ever going to find for lunch. They're open 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Sunday, Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. We'll start with the NBA playoffs last night, Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals, as the Nuggets were at home taking on the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. And it was a very close game. Jokic has it inside the arc, hands it off over to Casey, turns the corner, shoots over Davis, jumper's good. That's a triple-double for Nikola Jokic. That'll be his sixth triple-double in this year's playoffs. 23 17 and 10. Jokic was incredible last night. He got most of his rebounds in the first quarter of that game, but they would need some help down the stretch to beat the Lakers. Rebound fought for, grabbed by Michael Porter Jr. And Davis falls on him. That should be a foul. Casey takes it away. Leaking out is Murray. Alley oop and a dunk. Two Aaron Gordon. Good job, MPJ, getting on the floor. Six point lead for Denver. Two and a half to go. The call last night on KKSE, as Aaron Gordon, who plays above the rim, went in and got that dunk. It did help the Nuggets beat the Lakers in Game 1, 132-126. They now hold a one-game-to-nothing edge in the Western Conference Finals. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 623, good morning. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Those are also important phone numbers to remember or lock into your speed dial. If you want to get those Idaho Steelhead tickets, we'll have a chance for you to win those sometime within the next 45 minutes. So all you listeners who are up early listening to us this morning, uh, be ready. If you want to go to the Idaho Steelhead game uh, against the Toledo Walleye this Saturday night, Idaho Central Credit Arena. We'll have those tickets to give away here in just a few minutes. John in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to call, and um, I was on the phone with um, Nate Shellman the other day, and I told I told him that you sound like Mickey Mouse with a cold. But I just wanted yeah. to say Yeah, that, he called um, me last night while I was at dinner to inform me that you had said that. <laughs> Yes, but I just wanted to say before I said all of that, <laughs> I appreciate you guys, and I um, you guys are amazing, this station. I mean, I listened to you guys when it was just pure AM. You know, I'm, I'm from New Meadows, McCall area, and that's all we have. And thank God for FM. You guys sound a hell of a lot better. You sound better. You don't sound so much as like Mickey Mouse. 
Like he got over his cold. <laughs> is it because, yeah, is it because I'm not stuffed up anymore, or do I still I sound like no Mickey idea. Mouse? I, I don't uh-huh. know. I, 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 I just defend, I defend Nate with, the, I will defend Nate Shellman to the end of my life. I, he's my favorite, okay? Wait, you, know, you guys are what? good, Bummer. but he's my favorite. What? <sighs> you say all this nice stuff, and then you say, but he's my favorite. Like, where do we rank? Like, in the top 10, 20? <laughs> uh, well, you're, uh, but, um, Nate, um, um, you got Nate, um, don't go, don't go, Yeah, don't go down the <laughs> list, please, please. <laughs> you started, well, a, you started off so well, and you just keep getting worse and worse. All right. Well, that was the question I was asking him. Thanks a lot, John, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Nathaniel does that better than we do. Does he? Yeah. He's had more practice. You want to you give Mickey a shot there, Nathaniel? Hey, Mickey. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> there we go. Oh, boy. That's the one. 208-336-3700, pounds, 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, lots of ways to get through. You can also text us. That's the same as our main number if you want to text us or email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Like I said, stick around. Sometime within the next 45 minutes, those of you who are up, like John, listening early this morning, have a chance to uh, go to the Idaho Steelheads playoff game. Once again, it's coming up Saturday night against the Toledo Walleye. Stick around. Your chance to win on the way within minutes. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.33, he's Swalman, I'm Mike Asper. Good morning. It is 58 degrees in downtown Boise. Man, what a gorgeous day it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Picture perfect. Yeah, until the wind kicked up, of course, early evening. Did get some uh, showers in some areas of the Treasure Valley, but another picture perfect day coming your way today and through the rest of the week. Uh, could be seeing record-setting highs by Friday. Um, expecting highs around 91, which would break the record by one degree. By the way, in case you're curious, if you've just moved here, uh, usually temperatures this time of year are around 72, 73 degrees. So we should be about 20 degrees warmer by mm. this uh, upcoming weekend. Coming up here Friday, what a great way to kick off your weekend. Join us for breakfast once again. It's another hometown breakfast brought to you by our friends at Cloverdale Plumbing. Thanks to Kenny and everybody who makes it possible so that Chris and I can claim we're working really, really hard. And we actually are so happy yeah, that we get to go out and have breakfast while we're working. Bacon and eggs. <laughs> With with a side of bacon yeah. to our bacon and eggs. So anyway, uh, we will be in Star at the Star Country Cafe. It's the first time we've ever been to the Star Country Cafe for the hometown breakfast. Chris has been there before. I This mm-hmm. is going to be my first trip, so looking forward to it. Uh, amongst other things, we'll have tickets on location for the Idaho Steelheads Toledo Walleyes game this weekend. So I think, uh, from what I understand, we might have three or four pair of tickets we will be giving away on location. So um, we'll be giving those away every single hour if if we have four, because the Star Country Cafe is one of those cafes that opens at 6 in the morning. Hmm, Good. Yeah, so loving that uh, we'll be able to start having breakfast early. Uh, (laughs) Have also heard from uh, the mayor. The mayor will be stopping by. We'll get a chance to uh, talk to the mayor. Um, Questions about growth going on in the Star Air, one of the fastest growing uh, areas here in the Treasure Valley, and probably with good reason. It's it's very beautiful, it's pretty, and they've got uh, a couple of new 
development properties that they have announced it's going to be doing uh, that they're going to be doing and one a golf, of them and a golf course it, well golf course is one of them um and it's a part of uh planned community and right now planned community of over 1000 new homes if that gives you an idea of how fast star is growing but the first thing that will go in and rightly so because we know how important it is the golf course will be the first thing uh that will be going in and done now Anybody who knows anything about golf courses knows that even though you say that's going to be the first thing that gets done, it's going to be a while before that golf course goes in because it takes a while to get a a golf course uh, up, going, and ready to play on. But it's still going to be good news. A lot of second golf course in the uh, Star area. You have uh, the River Birch Golf Club that's uh, just down the street a little bit from Star. So anyway, the mayor will be with us coming up here this Friday. We invite you to join us. Stop on by anytime between 6 and 10. Star Country Cafe. It's the hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, uh, takeaway from election results yesterday uh, across the state. There were a lot of bond and levy elections going on here in the uh, Treasure Valley. The only one that did not pass was West Ada, surprisingly. The biggest one. The biggest one, and from what I understand, I think it's the biggest one in history. That $500 million plant facilities levy, uh, from what I understand, is the largest ask in uh, Idaho. Not in history of the, right. the world, just here in Idaho. <laughs> um, by the way, it it failed. It only got forty two point five percent of support. Um, just to give you an update on the other Treasure Valley uh, election results, Valley View Valley View did pass seventy one percent, and they needed uh, two thirds majority. But uh, even at seventy one percent, still still passed pretty easily. Right. That's more than two thirds. Two new elementary schools to alleviate overcrowding at six of seven district schools. New roofs, HVAC systems for Valley View High School and East Canyon Elementary, and also land purchases for future schools. That's what that levy is going to be used for. Emmett election results, they had uh, two. They had a uh, two-year $1.2 million supplemental levy. That passed with 57.5% of support. And they had a two-year $800,000 supplemental levy that passed with 54.2% support. Uh, Weezer passes their $1.24 million plant levy with 62.1%. That cash injection, Weezer plans to upgrade safety measures at their school entrances, address necessary building maintenance issues, and upgrade facilities. That'd be a great thing to have, wouldn't it? A cash injection? Mm Mm-hmm. That's about the only injection that I would like. Oh, yeah. Payette passes with 57.9% support, two-year, $1 million supplemental levy. Uh, Half the funding would go towards developing elementary and middle school curriculum, upgrading the track, maintenance equipment, and teacher compensation, and building security. Parma passed 63.8%, two-year, $800,000 supplemental Levy, over half of this levy goes towards certified and classified staff salaries and benefits. The remaining monies will be spread between extracurricular coaching stipends and services, technology upgrades, and a school resource 
officer. Apparently, uh, Parma, up until this point, had not had a resource officer, and now they can. My headline would be, not a good turnout for the people who like to vote no. (laughs) And finally, New Plymouth passed theirs 50.84%, just barely a two-year $700,000 supplemental levy. The levy over half goes towards certified and support staff salaries, and 15% would go towards a new bus. Remaining funds would be used to purchase athletic and instructional supplies. There you go. The the one thing you have in common is uh, all the other supplemental levies were much much less than a half billion dollars right. for West Ada. It's so, easier it's easier to understand a new bus or a new grade school than it is a half billion dollars mm-hmm. for anything. It's time for our, uh, another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, brought to you by our friend Chef Wally and the Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. Open up fifteen minutes from now. Check out their menu porkbellyidaho.com. The Boise Hawks are set to open their play next week on Tuesday for their third year in the Independent Pioneer League. And like the big leagues, there are some rule changes that are coming this season. Bob Beeler with more. Biggest change in the majors this season is the addition of the pitch clock. When the Boise Hawks open the season, the pitch clock will be used by the Pioneer League 2. Starting pitcher Matt Gabbert talked about what he's expecting from it. I got mixed feelings on the pitch clock. I personally work pretty quick, so I, it doesn't really affect me, but I know some guys that every two to three pitches like to take a little walk. We played an exhibition game last night against the Black Sox, and you could tell the pace was a lot quicker just because of that pitch clock. And I mean, I think the pace helps the game out a little bit, but there's a fine line of moving too quick and slowing it down. Last season, Gabbert led the team with five wins and struck out 95 hitters in 87 innings. The former Boise State pitcher started a team-high 16 games. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. On to Major League Baseball, where the Seattle Mariners were taking on the Boston Red Sox. Jared Duran swings and drives one deep toward the gap in right center by the bullpen. Back goes Hernandez, and this ball is gone. Wow. In and out of the bleachers into the Red Sox bullpen. Jared Duran with a bullet, a line drive home run, and it's 7-4 to four Red Sox. That would be the final score as well. The Red Sox beating the Mariners by a score of 7 to 4. The loss puts the Mariners back at 500 ball, 21 and 21 in five games out of first place in the AL West. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, on the way, uh, 8 o'clock hour, $50 Bonefish Grill gift certificate for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128 for all your real estate needs. Question today, what's the most dangerous job in a America, a larger percentage of people in this job die than in any other profession, and it's by a large margin. I'll give you a tip for you, uh, a tip for you early morning risers this morning. Second most dangerous job is logging at 0.13% deaths, a percentage, and mm. this is much, much higher than that. If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up after 8, you can get that $50 Bonefish Grilled gift certificate. Right now, as promised, for you early risers, we have tickets to the Idaho Steelheads coming up this week. Caller 6-208-336-3700. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, uh, good morning. Thanks for listening in, being a part of the show. Congratulations going out to uh, Christina Berry, by the way. Let's call her number six. Picked herself up a pair of tickets to go to the Idaho Steelheads 
Toledo Walleye playoff game this Saturday night, Idaho Central Credit Arena. We'll have another pair of tickets coming your way before 10 o'clock this morning. We also have Luke Combs concert tickets coming your way this morning. Keep listening in for your chance to win both of those. Yesterday, the firm of Steptoe & Johnson presented their findings of their investigation that the city of Boise had requested into whether or not there was systemic racism going on within the Boise Police Department. This, of course, came after Matthew Bringelson, Captain Matthew Bringelson, who is no longer with the police department. He had retired, was found to have taken part in a white supremacist's gathering. He also had written blogs about white supremacy, uh, white supremacy. So they wanted to find out if, while he was there, he acted in a racist way within the police department and find out if the police department... Mm-hmm if there were others, and if there was systemic racism going on within the Boise Police Department. Michael Bromwich of Steptoe and Johnson yesterday gave his results of his not thorough investigation because they ran out of money. So there is a lot that he said that they didn't get to investigate. They did investigate, though. One of the main things that they wanted investigated was whether or not there was systemic racism. Here, Michael Bromwich, uh, th- we're, g- we're going to go through this this morning. There are, are a lot of highlights through this. It's uh, over an hour and 20-minute presentation. We're not doing the whole thing, but we do have some highlights. Uh, in this first audio we have, uh, Michael Bromwich talks about the investigation of, and some of their findings on racism of Matthew Bringelson and also within the department. Um, I'm now prepared to share with you our provisional findings, and I want people to fully understand that this is without having reviewed any of the documents, the 105,000 documents that we obtained. And so I think, as one of the council members said, these, these conclusions are delivered with not a high level of confidence because no investigation is complete without reviewing the relevant documents. Nevertheless, our provisional findings are as follow. First, people that we interviewed, members of the department, were generally surprised to learn of Matt Bringelson's views as expressed in that awful uh, posting and that awful interview, which largely echoed the posting. That included at least one BPD member who was viewed as his closest friend in the department, who is African-American. But the publicity given to Bringelson's comment did raise suspicions among many, especially minority members, that there were other people like Bringelson lurking inside BPD who simply hadn't been public with their views. Many of them said they had never, they had not suspected that anybody had those views. But once Bringelson's views were publicized, it made them wonder, what kind of a working environment am I actually in? Uh, if this guy who I knew at a minimum, as, hi, how you doing in the halls, was capable of holding those kinds of views. Uh, even Bringelson's close associates claim that they saw no evidence of racism or his white supremacist views. The majority of the minority members of the department, that is the majority of people who are African-American or Hispanic, Asian-American, or belong to some other minority group, said that they have not experienced racism or discrimination in the workplace. But 
A small but significant number say they have experienced it, and they provided details of what they experienced. We're aware of two members of the department, no longer with the department, including one who was uh, one of the very first African-American members of the department who did apparently experience racism. But in one case, we were not able to chase him down. And in another case, we were able to chase him down, but we stopped our work before we were able to uh, to talk to them. Next, there were a large number of internal affairs complaints um, about Bringleson. Eleven of them were sustained. Sorry. 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 Yes. That was very loud. I apologize. I just wanted to see if I could get maybe a better definition of a small but significant amount of officers. Um, because in one sense, we're hearing that a majority of the officers hadn't um, felt racism within the department, but then in another statement, a small but significant minority. And I'm just wondering if you can kind of frame that a little bit better for me. Yeah, what, what I mean by small is a half dozen or so said that they had experienced. And I wanna be clear, we interviewed not only people um, who were officers, sworn officers. We also interviewed um, other employees of the police department because it's obviously as significant if they've experienced racism within the department than if officers have experienced uh, racism. And so there were a relatively small number, a half dozen or so, um, but enough to be of concern. Um, and a couple of episodes, uh, there was a real concern that they were not taken seriously and the complaints uh, were not followed up on. Um, so as I said, I don't know if you heard this, but um, Bringleson had an extensive internal affairs file. Uh, 11 of them had been sustained over time. Again, we didn't dig into um, the, the bowels of the internal affairs complaints because, again, that would have taken hours and hours of work. I don't know if any of you have ever looked at internal affairs files. They're often difficult to decipher. We spent hundreds of hours deciphering IA complaints in our investigation in Baltimore. And it takes a very, very long time. Once again, that is uh, Michael Bromwich of Steptoe & Johnson. We did the investigation into the Boise Police Department and Matthew Bringleson. I will say any racism at all would be considered bad. However, in a company, we'll call it a company, because if you compare companies and city government like the Boise Police Department, when you Just have... Organizations in general. Yeah, it, it, when you have an organization... Thank you, Chris. Of 400 people, and you have six reported incidences of racism, that's pretty good, in my opinion. It's pretty low. Yeah. Um, once again, any racism, I'm not saying racism is good in any way, shape, and form. The fact that there are six is bad. I have to say, I, I was pretty shocked because I really did expect more than that. And I, I wasn't saying it was going to be running rampant. I, I didn't think that they would find systemic racism within Have the Boise we, Police Department. But six isn't very much. They didn't interview any of the people that got arrested, right? No. Well, they, yeah, they didn't interview any of the people that got arrested. And as you heard there, part of their half a million dollars also didn't include going over his yep. internal affairs well, and, investigations and, also. And they said there were thousands of documents that they requested, but they really didn't have time to read them. One of the biggest surprises to me, in hearing that, and I, I don't know, in case you missed it, was him 
talking about how people in the department viewed the charges of racism from Matt Bringelson, that they were shocked and surprised, mm-hmm. and that included his best friend on the department who is black. He was surprised uh, about him taking part in the white supremacist organization and also as writing in, the blogs. As in, he's not racist. He has a black friend. No, as in the black friend said, I had no idea. Right. 208-336-3700. You want to weigh in with your thoughts? We've got more audio from the uh, investigation yesterday presented by uh, Michael Bromwich to the city council that we'll get to throughout the morning this morning. Stick around for that. If you want to weigh in, you can do that. Let's get another check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. In the NBA, the Denver Nuggets were taking on the Los Angeles Lakers in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. And that would normally be the biggest headline of the night for the NBA. But not last night, because the NBA lottery was last night, and the best prospect to come into basketball in a long, long time, maybe ever, was available for the number 1 overall selection. That man's name is Victor Wimbenyama, and people compare him to... Shaquille O'Neal, or David Robinson, or many other centers that have drawn the number one overall pick. Wimbanyama, seven foot five, could be the best offensive player and defensive player, they say, when he gets to the NBA. Here's what they said about him on ESPN. This is the most highly anticipated player to ever enter the NBA. And this is maybe not only the greatest prospect. Uh, in the NBA's history, maybe the greatest prospect in the history of team sports. Wow. So the San Antonio Spurs hit the jackpot last night after missing the playoffs just once in 29 years between 1990 and 2019. The Spurs have missed the playoffs the last four seasons. The first time they'd won the draft lottery since 1997. San Antonio drafted Hall of Fame big men David Robinson and Tim Duncan in past years where they have had the number one overall pick. Now it looks like it's going to be Wembenyama, the number one overall pick in the coming NBA draft. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates uh, still out. He's on vacation, taking some needed rest, filling in. We've got Nick Daniels talking about your money. Yesterday we talked about uh, earnings for Home Depot and how off they uh, were yesterday. Dow right now is up 177 points ahead of the opening. All three of the indexes are up this morning. Uh, Let's talk a little bit uh, about another retailer's earnings and how they compare to Home Depot. Um, Let's talk about Target. Yeah, so, you know, Target actually came in on Target, and I think that's why ah, we're seeing... I get, I see what you did there. <laughs> you like that, yeah. Good thing they didn't miss. <laughs> so, they, uh, no, they came in on Target, so their sales, uh, year-over-year sales, were just a little bit better than expected, and if you think about what, um, what 2022 was for us, it was a really tough year. I mean, inflation was running more rampant then than it is now, and so for their estimates to come in uh, basically right in line with what they thought their sales were a little bit better than anticipated that's really good news and so that's feeding into why we've got you know pre-market trading looking like it's slightly in the positive territory also there's some positive news about negotiations around the debt ceiling which is 
always just a, a political uh, a political mess, a tool. They're gonna they're gonna reach a deal. Come on, both sides have too much to lose. Let's be honest. But here's what's interesting regarding Target, right? So um, in inside the numbers, foot traffic year over year was up. More people are going in and shopping versus their digital sales. Digital sales fell. I found that pretty interesting. The other the other thing that's uh, important to note is they made no revisions to their remaining forecasts for the rest of the year. Now compare that to Home Depot yesterday. Their analysts reduced their forecasts for the year, so we also saw that lead into Home Depot's share prices sliding a little bit yesterday, whereas today, Target is saying, no, we're right in line. We still think our expectations at the beginning of the year fit for the remainder of this calendar year, and you're seeing that reflected in uh, their share prices is up a little bit right now in pre-market trading. All right, looking like uh, it's going to be a good day, uh, especially after we've seen down day after down day over the last few days, but right now, ahead of the opening, uh, it's looking like uh, up about 180 points on the Dow. All three of the indexes are up. We'll get an update from you here in a little bit this morning and then talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Nick. All right. Sounds good. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 740-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless once again, uh, this morning we are listening in some of the highlights of the report. Steptoe and Johnson provided findings, provisional findings. They didn't do a full investigation because they ran out of money um, on uh, Boise Police Department after the uh, retired Captain Matt Bringleson was ha- found to have presented um, racist tropes at a white nationalist conference and also had written some racist blogs after he was within the Boise Police Department. We talked earlier this morning about um, what the investigation found and findings on racism within the Boise Police Department. Uh, In this highlight here, we're going to hear what didn't Steptoe and Johnson investigate, plus some of the recommendations for the police department. We turn relatively quickly to the aspects of the investigation that unfortunately remain incomplete. we didn't review, as I said, any of the documents and the other evidence, which is a cornerstone of any investigation that should be deemed complete. Did not review the IA files. We did not review the emails. We did not review the enforcement activity records of Bringleson. We did not review any body-worn camera footage, which may well have reflected the way he treated citizens um, uh, as a supervisor. There are many relevant witnesses that we didn't interview, including numerous minority members of the department. We didn't have any contact with the CCAP members, which I know Chief Weiniger and Deputy Chief Brooks were trying to arrange for us. And on the the trip to Boise that we had planned the week of March 6th, we were going to meet with them. We haven't been able to do any meaningful outreach to community groups and communities, the Somali community, the other immigrant communities, to talk to individuals and find out what their experience has been dealing with Boise police officers and have, if they have had experiences that reflect uh, that they were treated poorly uh, because of their race or their creed. Um, we also didn't have a, a chance to do a set of interviews with white officers finding out what their attitudes were towards race and ethnicity and whether they think there have been too many efforts, for example, uh, to diversify the department. I'm sure that some people resent that. Uh, We didn't have a chance to do that. 
And we were also unable to concern Chief Lee's concerns, which I know he had brought um, to people's attention about racial discrimination in hiring. So those are the things that we were unable to complete that we thought and hoped at the beginning that we would be able to complete. So let me conclude with sharing with you some recommendations that we have based on an admittedly incomplete investigation. One is to continue focus on minority recruiting. As the community in Boise changes, the police department has to change. And so a continued focus on minority recruiting is important. The Boise Police Department did not hire its first African-American officer until 1989. That was way too late. And the effort needs to continue uh, to focus on minority hiring. Every police department in the country right now is facing staffing shortages. I know that. I know Boise is facing that as well. Uh, one lesson that police departments have learned in the past is do not, under any circumstances, lower your hiring standards, uh, even in the face of staffing shortages. Uh, books uh, can be written about police departments that did, did that. Police Department in Washington, D.C., the Metropolitan Police Department, which I'm very familiar with, lowered its standards in the late 80s and the early 90s because it was suffering because of the crack epidemic and the widespread violent crime in Washington, D.C. They lowered their standards. They lowered the educational requirements. They lowered the amount of work they did um, in background investigations. And lo and behold, five, seven, nine years later, officers engaging in unlawful use of force, in corruption, and so on, at a level not previously seen in the D.C. Police Department. Um, that That is a view that was widely shared by all of the executives in the D.C. Police Department. Subsequent to that, I've talked to executives in other police departments, and they share that uh, same experience. Third recommendation is ensure that recruit training is rigorous and incorporates adult learning principles. Until recent reforms that were inaugurated by Chief Lee and Captain Fomby, uh, we were informed that no one had failed out of the Boise Police Academy in the last 10 years. That's unacceptable. Um, the average flunk out rate at academies, police departments around the country, tend to be anywhere between 10 and 25%. If you're failing no one, uh, your standards are not high enough. And what we heard from people in the department is that the standards for recruit training were not rigorous and the, the buck was handed off to field training officers, which as you all know, is the stage after officers get out of the academy. Uh, and the field training officers had these problem recruits dumped in their laps and they had the choice of either uh, recommending that they be terminated or passing the problem on um, to the first supervisor after, after FTO training. So I think there have been improvements in training under Chief Lee and Captain Fomby, but it's critically important that training continues to be uh, a high priority in the department. Once again, that's uh, Michael Bromwich, Steptoe and Johnson, who was hired, paid half a million dollars, plus apparently there's more money owed to investigate whether or not there was racism within the Boise Police Department. I have questions. Such as? How many more hundreds of thousands of dollars would it have taken... To finish the job. To finish the job, review the documents, and internal affairs investigation? Well, he almost makes it sound like they needed twice as much that money. Doesn't, that's what I thought. Also, 
maybe I'm confused. Maybe I don't know, and all of us don't know, based on media reports, what the investigation was supposed to do. I thought it was specifically to find out if there was racism within the police department, and instead we're hearing that they're making other recommendations. Um, part of it goes into, and I don't understand this, why do we care about hiring 34 years ago? What hiring practices were 34 years ago? That's ancient history. Also in 1989, he said the first black officer was hired by the Boise Police Department, which he said was way too late. According to who? Way, way too late. What's, what's the context of that? How do we know that maybe no black police officers had applied to be a Boise Police Department officer? There's a lot missing in that part of his, yeah, it would be his reporting. It would be helpful to know if um, a certain amount were rejected. Yeah, not just. I mean, we don't. We just don't know. And, and like I said, with his recommendations, you know, would that money have been better spent um, going through some of the IA reports, some of the hundred and eight thousand documents they said they didn't have time to get to the video, no video, they didn't get to any uh, video. Would that have been better spent doing that rather than going over recommendations uh, about how the police department can do a better job of hiring? I don't know, but but it seems like, you know, especially the fact that there is a lot of money that still needs to be spent if we want to get a complete investigation, which I don't think the Boise City is going to do. I still have well, questions. But, but I understand. I mean, you're $650,000 or whatever into it at this point, and what you get is, well, was there racism? Yeah, I suppose kind of a little bit. You know, not, not a whole yeah. lot, but some. Uh, was it a problem? Eh, it was kind of a problem, but not much of a problem. You know, it's, I don't know. I mean, stuff we could have like made up on our own. Yeah, We'll get to more of this. There's a few more highlights we want to get to. If you want to weigh in your thoughts, go ahead and give us a call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon bar. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.55, talking once again this morning about the uh, investigation that was presented to the uh, Idaho City Council yesterday. Have uh, some of those highlights we're going through, and we'll continue to go through those throughout this morning. Uh, Joe in Parma, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Um, I don't understand what the problem is. Um, if one individual's racist, racism's horrible, how can they go after the whole... Well, why is this such a big investigation? Is racism illegal? And it's it's wrong. Racism is wrong. No, racism is illegal. Well, what law is that? You you think racism is legal? No. I'm just saying if... A R- racism is illegal if it violates people's civil rights, which it quite often does especially if somebody in a position of authority is a racist. Okay, so how can one person get the whole organization in trouble? Well, the person was in a supervisory capacity where he was, he was in, charge, captain, yeah. in charge of other people. If, if this had just had been you know, a new recruit or something uh, that was kicked off the force after a couple of years, there wouldn't have been such a big investigation. It would have been, uh, it would have been scaled back to just one person, but... This was a captain, so it was a little more pervasive, they think. And they wanted to find out for sure. Yeah. 
they wanted an investigation to find out if there was more that people didn't know about because it was a surprise. This didn't come out while he was a, a police officer. This came out after he retired from the police department where he took part in the uh, white supremacist convention and was writing white supremacist blogs. So they wanted to find out if, in fact, some of that may have happened while he was a captain in the police department and if there were others within the police department who also believed the same as he did. So the, so the investigation is about if he influenced other people to feel like his beliefs. Or, that's, that's part of it. Or, yeah, that's, that's part of it. Or if he was a racist and, you know, acted in a racist way in a supervisory capacity while in the Boise Police Department. Understood. Thank there you, you for your clarification. You're, You're welcome. Back. Thanks for the call, Joe. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, coming up, we still got some highlights. Next highlight we're going to hear from uh, after top of the hour news, and invest, uh, the investigation into Matt Bringlesim himself and what that found of his job performance. Uh, pretty surprising there. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.07, it is 61 degrees in downtown Boise. Uh, continuing uh, this morning, kind of a theme for the show, just because the investigation presented uh, by Michael Bromwich yesterday from Steptoe and Johnson that was asked for by the uh, city to investigate possibility of systemic racism within the Boise Police Department. That half-million-dollar investigation that has already been paid, and apparently there's still money owed. The Steptoe & Johnson firm that has not been paid yet, so around $650,000, but the city has already said that they are not going to be spending any more money. So this is going to be an incomplete report, unfortunately. Um, Coming up here for you in just a a minute or two, uh, another highlight this this highlight that we're going to get to here in a minute is uh, into Matt Ringlesim himself and also uh, talks about his job performance for the Boise Police Department. It's pretty surprising what some people had to say and how he remained a police officer for as long <laughs> as he did, uh, even though he wasn't found to have been racist or acted in a racist manner while he was on the Boise Police Department. Uh, we'll get to that. I want to get to uh, phone calls and a couple emails here. Uh, Dylan? Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for uh, waiting. Good morning to you. Good morning, fellas. Thanks again for getting up as early as you do every morning. I barely get up as early as you do, and I can't stand it. <laughs> we can't uh, either. So this is another example of a demon rat in charge of the checkbook that is supplied by the sweat and blood of the people. This is a 30% miss. Government needs to be run by a bit like a business. This is a humongous business failure. If your budget's $668 million, that means she has the potential to peddle $191 million in a city budget just with no zero results. When you go out and vote, you need results for what you said you're going to do. I don't say this is a bad thing that she was doing, but if you say you're going to do it, get it done. That's my money. So do you think more money should have been spent on top of the half million dollars already to get it done? If you can't find any results to make your claims about what changes you need to make that are uncorroborated, then absolutely not. It's a fail. They didn't find anything. They wanted a smoking gun. They're trying to find it. They're not finding it. It's a waste. It's a huge business failure. All right. Thanks for the call, Dylan. 
Uh, Byron writes in, so that Boise Police Department report on racism stated Boise Police Department didn't hire a minority until 1989, which was too late. That's a flat-out lie. I personally know an they, Asian. Did they say minority no, or black I said person? black. I personally know an Asian who was a Boise cop in the 70s, or do Asians not count as a minority? Curious I about I, that. I don't believe they said the word minority. No. I think they said that there wasn't a, a black uh, officer hired until, what was it, 89? 1989. And then he said that that was far too late. And I don't know what he means by that. I mean, according to who? According Is that just his opinion? Or is there some sort of booklet that says by 1989 you have, should have hired a black police officer in all police departments? I don't, I don't know what he means by that. Well, it, it, it does seem a little late to start integrating, but uh, I guess there wasn't any policy against it. It just, they didn't. They didn't happen to hire anybody. Well, and the other thing left out is, did anybody apply? Yeah, you know, because we don't have the yeah. statistics on that. Um, in this um, audio you're going to be hearing here, this is Matt Bringleson and his job performance reviews. Um, and according to this, pretty surprising that he was able to keep a hold of his job. But this is the investigation presented once again yesterday to the uh, Boise City Council on Matt Bringleson. This is specifically about Matt Bringleson and his job performance. Another conclusion was that Matt Bringleson was an extremely poor supervisor. He was frequently absent, and there were many negative views of him. He was characterized as lazy, as unavailable, and liked but not respected by his peers. Um, and in connection with the promotional process, uh, a survey instrument called SurveyMonkey that I'm sure some of you are familiar with uh, were, are, were and I believe still are used when uh, someone or someones are eligible for promotion. And we obtained the SurveyMonkeys for Matt Bringleson for 2009 when he was eligible for promotion to sergeant, and then again in 2019 when he was eligible for and was promoted to lieutenant. Um, so I want to emphasize at the outset that many people treat this exercise as perfunctory, and what you normally find is a lot of positive things said about people. And there are a number of positive things said about Bringleson in these survey monkey responses. But the negative ones are concerning and alarming. And I will read you a sampling, but only a sampling of them. The only thing said about Matt by most who know him and have worked with him in the last several years is he has never been ashamed of being lazy, lazy, lazy. Nor does he have any problem with telling everyone he is lazy, lazy, lazy. Next comment. My personal interaction with this candidate along with direct information such as replies to emails and hearing conversations is very negative. He is lazy, demeaning and negative. I would be very disappointed to see him as a supervisor or a mentor to, sub, to to subordinates. Next, Matt has issues in dealing with the public. He is often very rude. Uh, when Matt was at a particular assignment, he often blew off cases and failed to follow up. Having worked with a new one, having worked with Matt, I found him to be intelligent and is extremely sociable. However, he does have a tendency to be, to be lazy. Matt has made several comments to his peers to the effect that he wants to be a sergeant so he can make more money and do less work. Nice guy who wants to joke about everything. Hard to take seriously. 
Will his subordinates take him seriously? Matt knows how to say what people want to hear. Great salesman. I don't know that he knows when to turn that off. This candidate needs to show some more maturity for more before moving into a supervisory role. As a result, it appears to many of us that popularity connections and an ability to stay below the radar qualify too many candidates for, for promotion. From my direct observation of this candidate, he has a very difficult time keeping his personal bias or dislike of officers from influencing decisions. It is common knowledge that he has friends in high places, and this tendency to talk out of school is great cause for concern among many of uh, many of us, myself included. It is also uncertain at this point exactly what Matt knows and doesn't know about policy, procedure, and patrol functions. Um, he often speaks degradingly about other employees. He shows a side of him that is very negative and that could negatively affect officers under him if that isn't realized and corrected. One senior member of the department at that time who was involved in considering uh, Mr. Bringleson for promotion was strongly opposed to him and said, if this goes through and he becomes a supervisor, we will be reading this about reading about this in the newspaper someday. Unfortunately, that was quite prophetic. So that was 2009. Then we skip ahead, and I'm not reading you even a small percentage of all the critical and complimentary comments about Brinkelson. So this is 2019, where he's eligible for promotion uh, to lieutenant. It is clear that his officers enjoy working for him for one simple reason, which is that he leaves them alone. While that is a trait many officers look for in a supervisor, Sergeant Pringleson ignores what is going on around him. He constantly talks smack about other officers that don't fit the in crowd. He treats the public poorly, often as he is confrontational with them and often dismissive of them when they approach. That kind of leadership leads to targeting of officers that he does not like. His maturity level needs to rise quite a bit further before he can be considered a commander in this agency. Next comment. I have personally seen concerning behaviors in regards to integrity, ethics, constitutional rights, and accountability. These are critical characteristics for a leader, and they should be held to a high standard in order to have the ability to hold their subordinates to that sta standard. And there are more. Uh, last one. In my opinion, Matt should have been demoted years ago. I've personally seen him make fun of officers because of their looks, their name, or even the way they talk. He is a loudmouth bully, and people laugh with him because they fear being on his bad side. He shouldn't be a sergeant, much less a lieutenant. So it seems clear from that um, and other information we gathered during our interview. So those are contemporaneous comments about him by his peers um, in 2009 and then again in 2019. And yet he was promoted. So it was, it's clear that Bringleson was singularly ill-equipped for a supervisory role. People were surprised when he was promoted to sergeant. They were more surprised when he was promoted to lieutenant. And he was, they were surprised a third time when he was promoted to captain. And this really does represent a failure of the promotional process within the Boise Police Department. Because the overall diagnosis was that he had the right contacts, that he was a member of an internal club within BPD where members took care of each other. As I think you all know, um, Bringleson had severe mental health issues resulting in his being institutionalized, including in late 2021. It was well known in the department that even before then, he had a substance abuse problem and he had an alcoholism problem. And yet he remained in the positions that he was. 
Um, we don't know, frankly, the relationship between his substance abuse and his alcoholism on the one hand and the sentiments he expressed, the horrific, egregious sentiments he expressed in the video interview and in the article that he published. We just don't know. So let me turn relatively quickly to the aspect. So we uh, learned in that particular report that Matt Brunglesen was lazy. He was an a-hole and he was lazy. Plus, uh, he was lazy, which is all well, fine and See, dandy. that sounds like one of those things where he bragged about being lazy so mm-hmm, often that whenever somebody thought of him, they just thought, oh, yeah, that, that lazy guy, because that's apparently he, th- I guess he thrived on that somehow. It's all great that we find out that he was lazy and probably shouldn't have been employed and definitely shouldn't have been in a supervisory capacity with the Boise Police Department. Once again, my question is, is that what this investigation that we paid half a million dollars as taxpayers was supposed to be about? I mean, you're giving us things about a police officer who was no longer a police officer anyway. Is that what we paid a half a million dollars to find out? I don't know because I wasn't in the meeting that the Boise mayor yeah. might have had with my Steptoe that, and Johnson. My answer to that, did we pay half a million dollars? Yes. Did that, is that what we found out? Yes. So, yes. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, we'll get to some of your thoughts coming up after bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we have a chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. Don't go away. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill today. Brian is going to get first crack at our question. Brian, what is the most dangerous job in America? A larger percentage of people in this job die than in any other profession. What is it? And by the way, it's by a large margin, percentage-wise. Logging. Uh, logging. You're going to say logging. Uh, that's a very good guess. And logging is number two at 0.13% of people dying. Um, but, yeah, it, th- this profession, much, much higher than that. Keep trying. 208-336-3700. Ben, most dangerous job in America. What is it? I'm going with what, fishing, hunting, industry workers. Um, again, a very good guess. Not it. No. Keep trying. Katie, what is the most dangerous job in America? Larger percentage of people die in this job than in any other profession. Truck drivers. Truck drivers. Another good guess. That is not it. In 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 most of these jobs, that's a, that's a good guess, but no. In, in most of these jobs that uh, you're you're answering, the the rate that somebody dies if they have this job is about one in one thousand people who die on the job. Uh, the one we're talking about, there might be considerably fewer people that have had this job, but a lot of them have died. Yeah, percentage wise, much much larger. Ah, uh, Tricia. What's the most dangerous job uh, aircraft, in America? Aircraft pilots and flight engineers. That is not it. All right, we'll do two more here this morning. Uh, Mary, most dangerous job in America? Mining. Mining. Oh, another good guess. That's not it. Uh, one more, and then this will be deemed an impossible question today. Lisa, what's the most dangerous job in America? Trimming. What is it? It's tree trimming. Tree trimming. Another good guess. All good guesses this morning. Are all of them dangerous. wrong. Yeah. Um, this profession, believe it or not, about 9% have been killed while they had the job. 
or died. Or well, yeah, nine per, nine percent have been killed, killed, and then a few more have just died while they had the job. Eighteen percent have been killed while or in have, office. Have died. Have died while in office, because the number one most dangerous job in America is president of the United States. Yeah, there have been uh, forty-five people who have had the job. Forty-six presidents, because one had a non-consecutive. Uh, two non-consecutive terms, that was Cleveland. But 45 people have had the job. Four have been uh, shot while they had the job, which is, uh, you know, almost 10%. Mm-hmm. Four others also died while in office, but mm-hmm. that, that doesn't count. It was, we were talking about the dangers of the job. So no winner. Um, the good news is we still have that $50 Bonefish Grill gift certificate. Let's give it away right now. Uh, you don't have to answer a question. We're going to give it away to caller number 6, 208-336-3700. You don't have to answer a stupid question. You just have to be caller 6. That's it, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 841. Once again, uh, a lot of what we are talking about this morning. We've had Wes Ada talked about that. We'll get more info on that. By the way, if you want to see all of the uh, levy bond elections that uh, went on and uh, whether or not they failed, uh, you can check out our website, kboy.com. In the Treasure Valley, the West Ada is the only one that failed. We'll talk more about that coming up after top of the hour. Also, don't forget, um, we have another pair of tickets we're going to be giving away here shortly for the Idaho Steelheads. We have a pair of tickets for Luke Combs. Man, it's just been a full day. Caitlin Waller, congratulations. She got the $50 gift certificate. Didn't even have to answer a stupid question. She got the $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill for being caller number six. So congratulations, Caitlin. Enjoy that with our compliments. A couple of emails before we get to another piece of audio this morning from uh, the investigation that was presented to the Boise City Council yesterday. Uh, James writes in, okay, he was a bad employee, but they were hired to find out if he was a racist and acted in a discriminatory manner when dealing with citizens or subordinates. They did a great job with character assassination, assuming he actually had any, but seems they did everything but what they were hired to do, assuming more money would be coming or are they just incompetent? I don't think any more money is going to be coming. I, I think the mayor yeah. has already said um, they're done throwing money at this. I will say, and, and I agree with you in a certain way, um, you, you heard Michael Bromwich say that According to SurveyMonkey, where people were able to fill out surveys and working with Captain Bringelson, what they what their thoughts were with him, and all he read were negative interpretations from that survey. Mm-hmm. He did not read one positive thing said, and he admitted that there were a lot of positive comments on that survey specifically dealing with Captain Bringleson. Now, that, that if you're sitting here and listening to this this morning, which if you're Matthew Bringleson, you probably aren't. I don't even think he's in Boise anymore. But that, that really isn't fair. Well, to a certain extent it is, though. You, you know, I mean, you've, you've, you've had jobs and things where it really doesn't matter how many terrific days you have. If you have one really bad day, you will get canned for it. 
No, and I, in I other get, words, I you're supposed that. to be friendly all the time. You're supposed to do well all the time. You're supposed to work hard and make other people work hard and, and all those sorts of things. That is what is expected of you. Mm-hmm. It's when you're not doing that that it becomes news. And I, and I get that part. But is it fair that you just all you read in the presentation is just the negative ones, even though by his own admission, there were a whole lot of people that said it, he was it, great. But it comes down to whether do you have negative reviews or do you not have negative reviews? Would you think that if anybody, if we had to go through this here at, at our company, mm-hmm. do you think that you would have 100% positive reviews? No. I don't either. Not even close. But I would be very upset if all that got read were just the negative ones. None of the positive ones, the good ones, were were shared with anybody or or said, hey, look, some people thought he was bad, which I get. I mean, by his own admission, he said he was lazy, and he wanted to be promoted so that he could be even more lazy. All right? That's bad. I get it. However, in, in what we do for a living, there are people who have succeeded, and you always tell the story of Howard Stern, but there are people who have succeeded because there were people who didn't like them. Yeah. And they were intrigued by them, and so they couldn't stay away from them. On the other hand, if you're a policeman and you have that reputation, that's probably not a good thing. 208-336-3700. Bruce in Loman. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Uh, I just had a couple of points to make. One, one about the darn near stupidest question. You've got after me before for saying that, but you just said it was stupid your own self. <laughs> well, I don't understand. Anyway, what, what are you trying the, to say? The impossible question. Oh, the impossible question. Yeah, well, yeah. It is called the anyway. damn near impossible question. Yeah, I, I know. Anyway, uh, I've just given you a bad time. But on the racism thing, um, two points. Uh, one, of course, I kind of agree with what Dylan said. Uh, the mayor needs to uh, learn how to spend money more wisely. Certainly somebody in Boise could have done this study. But regardless of that, uh, on the spot of racism uh, altogether, if people would understand that there's only one race, uh, when Paul was on Mars Hill speaking to the Greeks there, it was a pretty diverse crowd. And uh, he said right there that, that we are all of one blood. There's only one race, and that's the human race. And, um, uh, you know, we all just have different shades of brown skin. Yeah. There's no red people running around, no yellow people running around. I mean, that, 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 is, that is true. That's all very true. But it doesn't necess- just saying that, though, doesn't necessarily mean that people aren't being discriminated against for various reasons. Oh, oh no, no. Uh, no, there's evil in the world, and and we have uh, misunderstood how we need to treat each other. That's for sure. And yeah, no, it's going on. But if if we would, as God's creation, embrace the fact that we are all the same, uh, it certainly helps. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Bruce. Appreciate the thoughts. Um, you know that old story of. Uh, and it's it's it, i guess at one time it started out as a joke but it became an example of of something that was actually going on especially in the south where a bus driver was almost fired for being racist because he always made and this is long after civil rights uh he uh, he always made the black people sit in the back of the bus 
And so one day they told him that uh, that all had to stop or he was fired. And so he announced to his passengers one day, he said, I have been told that I cannot uh, any longer separate you based on uh, race. So from now on, nobody's black, nobody's white. We're all green. Now, you, you dark green ones get to the back of the bus. And, and it, it, you know, it, it comes off as like a, a tongue-in-cheek or a, a joke thing, but that was used as an example of what was actually going on. Yeah. 208-336-3700. We're all equal. You're just less equal. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. We still have a couple more um, pieces of audio, audio for you to listen to. Um, one of them from Lucy Willits, a uh, member of the uh, Boise City Council, and also what the mayor had to say. That's still on the way this morning. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts on the investigation, it's your chance to do so. 208-336-3700. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.54, uh, once again uh, this morning, this doesn't happen very often, where most of the show is taking up by one subject, and uh, a pretty big subject because, number one, it was a half a million dollars in taxpayer money that was uh, spent on an investigation into the Boise Police Department, whether or not there was systemic racism. Found, uh, doesn't seem like there's a systemic racism. There was uh, half a dozen, six racism reports according to the uh, investigation. Some of those people no longer are a part of the uh, department. And we're talking about that this morning. We're hearing some of the highlights from that report. We'll get to a few more of those. Some of your phone calls this morning, Donna and Meridian. Good morning. Listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning to you. Good morning. So as I listened to the report when the gentleman was reading it, I think it completely answers the question on racism. Um, In the report, they stated that he made, this gentleman made fun of everybody. Um, you know, he made fun of them, their names, Equal. how they look. Equal opportunity and offender. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So how can you prove racism if the guy is just a jerk? Like, he was a jerk to everyone. It wasn't a question on his ethics, his work ethic, right? Um, any of that. It was a question on racism, and how can you prove that? It, it would still it would still come down in in some instances to the things that he said. In other words, when he was making a joke about everybody, did he use particularly racist type language, or you know, was it just kind of a general "Hey, moron" or something like that? You know. And according oh, to I the completely agree. And according to the investigation, and like I said, we don't have time. It, 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 the presentation was uh, over an hour and twenty minutes. We just have some of the highlights from that presentation. But I did listen to the whole thing yesterday. And according to the presentation, the the six people, members of the Boise Police Department, that they found that there, there was racism reported on, Captain Ringelson was not one of them. Now, I know a lot of people are going, well, if that's the case, then why did they start the investigation? They started the investigation... Because of after he became retired from the police department, he apparently attended a white supremacist rally or convention and also started writing uh, apparently blogs about white supremacy, although he didn't use his own name. He uh, used a hmm. pseudonym, which if you're going to use a pseudonym, probably tells you right there, if you don't want to put your own name on it, probably shouldn't be writing it, right? Exactly. Thank you for the but call, Don. But if but if these things happened after he retired, 
how can you yeah. peg racism on him as an employee of BPD? Well, they, I, that's I think why they, they did can, the uh, yeah. investigation just to find out if it was something that had been overlooked. And also, because if it was overlooked, right. the first thing you want to know: why didn't his supervisors, you know, the mayor, the the chief of police, things like that, see it and do anything about it? And they also wanted to find right. out: is this a isolated incident? Was he the only one, or are there other? members of the Boise Police Department who have the f- same feelings as he apparently showed after he left the police department. So, you know, it, it probably does call for an investigation, um, but what they found and how much money they s- spent on what they found, plus apparently more money still owed, um, uh, I yeah, don't know. I, I, the thoughts on that are, are still up. We'll take a break. We've got news coming up here next. If you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we're going to get to you. We've got some emails to get to, plus a couple more highlights from the presentation yesterday. That's all coming up. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless stolen away for you this hour. We have another pair of tickets to give away for the Idaho Steelheads. Saturday night's opening game of the division championship against the Toledo Walleyes. We'll have a chance for you to win that this hour. Um, Also, right now, we are giving you a chance to win Luke Combs concert tickets. Once again, text Luke Combs to 208-336-3700. Out of everybody who texts between now and 945, you will be entered in on the grand prize drawing. We'll pick one at random to win the tickets to Luke Combs. Sold-out concert. If you want to go to the concert, you're going to be paying way more than the ticket prices. But who cares? These are free, <laughs> and you can win them right now. Once again, just text Luke Combs, 208-336-3700, and you can be in on that. Steve calling from somewhere in southern Idaho. It's a large expanse to be calling from. Listening on the KBOI app. Uh, good morning, Steve. Yeah, I'm calling from southeastern Idaho, not great as great an expanse as you think. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to know that the uh, nature of the uh, uh, contact or the uh, the Aryan nation or white supremacists uh, and the nature of that, uh, um, what, what, what we can uh, surmise from there. Uh, I guess I find it interesting that this is the second newsworthy story that you guys have even discussed on your air. Uh, concerning connection between Aryan Nation and uh, white supremacists and uh, um, public officials within the last two years. And I was just wondering if there's anything that we can uh, connect dots on here. Connect dots uh, as to, to how? Between the, the other story and this story, or what's your context for that? Between, the, yeah, the other stories. Well, I mean, I, why... I, I think that's a lot of what this investigation was about. They wanted to make sure that there wasn't a chain of people who were involved in a whole lot of things we didn't know about who were in charge or in the police department. Uh, and essentially, I guess they've found out that, no, that there there hasn't been. They just wanted to make sure. Okay, well, I, I guess you, you know the other Aryan Nation story that we've had this in the last two years that you guys discussed on the air there. Yeah. Well, and it, quite frankly, by the way, we don't know if this was connected directly to the Aryan Nation. We just know it was a white supremacist blog that he was writing and uh, also apparently a convention that uh, he attended. 
Okay. Well, I, I guess the elephant in the room that we, we're not talking about is uh, the, uh, um, you know, Janet McGeehan. Uh, and uh, that was the, the, big, the same, the exact same story, just different, different players. And what is the connection there? And is there any connection between the Freedom Foundation and the, and this, uh, you know, we see a pattern going. Uh, is there any pattern that we can establish here? Not that we've established yet, though. Yeah. Uh, and, and as far as Janice McGeehan, I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't appointed, you know, to uh, a, a long-term job. She was elected and then, then she wasn't elected. So, I mean, uh, basically, uh, her time in office came and went. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for listening in. Uh, let's get to uh, another piece of audio. Um, this is Lucy Willits talking is, is who you will hear first uh, here in this particular um, cut that we have. And she's asking if there is any money still owed to the uh, company. Michael Bromwich, by the way, was the one presenting, making the presentation yesterday from Steptoe and Johnson. I'm pleased to hear that you haven't found widespread racism within the within the Boise Police Department and that the good men and women of the Boise Police Department are exonerated from the horrible statements that were really ugly that uh, Brinkelson said. Uh, you mentioned about your process, but also the cost. Um, obviously, you are highly competent, highly compensated professional that has done this work in other areas. I want to make sure that I understand the boundaries in which this contract was approved. Does the city of Boise owe you any additional payments for work that has been completed at this time? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, can I? Can and, to, I uh, and just to clarify, it's it's on the agenda tonight on the consent agenda. But but you you raised you raise an issue that's. Um, important to me and that um, I see editorials and comments in your newspapers that frankly I think betray a lack of full understanding of what these investigations cost. So I think all of you are aware of the investigative report released by John Durham, special counsel, uh, yesterday uh, after four years of work. That cost, even at government rates, $6.2 million. The investigation I did at the Houston Police Department Crime Lab um, cost $5.3 million. That was in 2005 to 2007, so I don't know what it would be uh, inflation adjusted. Uh, the investigation I did at the Baltimore Police Department, uh, two years, uh, $5.5 million. These are expensive, and um, me and people like me are brought in when an institution has a very serious problem that is very concerning and they want to get to the bottom of it. Uh, the NFL paid a law firm over $6 million to investigate Deflategate, uh, Tom Brady's uh, alleged uh, use of deflated footballs. Now, I think ensuring the integrity of your police department is a hell of a lot more important than figuring out uh, whether footballs were deflated. Uh, and so this is expensive. Um, I was very upfront with the city um, about what my estimates of how much it would cost. It vastly exceeded the $500,000 figure. And frankly, I would have been happier if we, I was told at the outset, we can't afford that and we would have gone our separate ways. So I do want you to be aware that uh, these things are expensive. I charge my time out at less than half of my hourly rate. You might say, oh my God, you must charge an outrageous rate. I do. 
It's very high. But because you're a municipality and because I love to do this work, um, uh, we charged out my time at less than 50% uh, of what I normally charge. And we made every effort to conserve costs. Um, we opened up a non-billable number where uh, people on my team who wanted to get background information about the Boise Police Department, which would ordinarily in a commercial or um, corporate matter, we would charge to the client. We didn't charge any of that to you. I noted with interest the uh, editorial in the Idaho Statesman today questioning whether we'd stayed at fancy hotels and ate expen at expensive restaurants. Nothing could be further from the truth. We stayed at a couple of mid-level hotels that were recommended by the city, and we ate at very reasonably priced restaurants. We were very careful about spending the city's money. And as for the claim that they'd like to know where every penny went, well, their own reporter has all of our billing records and knows exactly what, what, how the costs were incurred. We bill at the tenth of an hour intervals and our billing records show absolutely every shred of work that was done by one of our lawyers, paralegals or other professional staff. So the idea that we were hiding the ball or we were inflating the cost or we were taking advantage of the city of Boise is not only wrong, it's offensive. A couple problems I have. Number one, you shouldn't be offended if you get questioned on what you charge. Somebody is paying you money. It's taxpayer money. It's the job to make sure taxpayer money is spended in a way that is expedient and that there wasn't overspending. So the fact that you're offended by that really is kind of upsetting. It, it, it's like they're not, they're not accusing you, although you may take it as accus no. accusation that you wasted money. They're not accusing you of being a liar. They just want to see how you spent it. Yeah, they just... I, I'm sorry. If this was my personal money I was spending on something... You know, I wouldn't be investigating racism within my family, but say I was investigating, you and I were just talking about spending money, for instance, on a pool. Mm -hmm. And you came back. And, as a matter of fact, I went through this a couple of years ago with a landscaper. And I was thought it was going to cost a certain amount of money. And I got, got the bill at the end of the year and just got a flat bill that said it was going to be the cost of about four lawnmowers. I could have bought four separate lawnmowers. Right. And I said, wait, I want to see what... This money was, what am I paying for? You didn't give me an, anything in here saying what, what I was paid for. They gave me what I paid for and what it added up to, and almost half of it, they never did. Really? So, I mean, it's your job to make sure taxpayer, it's your job, I'm talking about the council yeah. and the mayor, to make sure that that money is spent. It's also the job well, of the story, media to yeah. ask questions like that. And the story I, I had, I, I used to have a pool. It needed some repairs. I called around and got estimates. Most everybody said it would be $500. One company told me it would be 400 I hired them. When I got the bill, it was 900 And they said, well, they'd run into problems, and it took longer than they thought. And, my, of course, my question was, so what? Sounds like a you problem. But I ended up paying the whole $900. But uh, it just it, I was unsatisfied with the whole you, thing. You know why you paid $900? Because... You're too nice a guy. Well, I suppose. Yeah. But instead of sending three or four people out, getting it done in a couple of days, they sent one guy out. He took all week. He had problems because he screwed part of it up. 
And also, every time I stepped out back to see how it was going, he was talking to somebody on his cell phone and sitting down. <laughs> the other problem, which, I, by the way, I put in writing. The other problem I had with this from Michael Bromwich, also, you know, in, in talking about how much it cost. Look, I get it. You charge, and he admitted it, he charges an awful lot of money. But when you say, you know, hey, I charged you half. Usually I charge, I'm using this as an example, usually I charge everybody else $1,000 an hour. I only charge you $500 an hour, which in Idaho seems like an exorbitant amount of money. I don't care how much the NFL paid for their investigation into the flight gate. I don't care how much money Baltimore Police Department paid to investigate the Boise, uh, Baltimore Police Department. I don't care how much money the Durham investigation cost. That's not what's and, going on in, I, in I, Boise. I agree with you. What I heard him say, I mean, between the lines, was, oh, this is fine because what we do is ri- ridiculously overpriced. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we have one more piece of audio to play, and it's from Mayor Lauren McClain. We'll get to that when we come back. Your phone calls, phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Don't forget, we are currently taking your text for Luke Combs right now. If you want to win Luke Combs, just Luke Combs, text it to us, 208-336-3700. You've got about another 20 minutes to get those in. We'll choose uh, one at random to go to Luke Combs Saturday night at Albertson Stadium. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email us, mike at kboi.com, chris at kboi.com. If you want to get through to uh, say your thoughts over the phone lines, the lines are open as of right now. Uh, Go ahead and do that. One more piece of audio we wanted to play for you this morning, and this comes from Mayor Lauren McLean and uh, her thoughts at the end of the presentation. I want to say, too, um, thank you. I I deeply appreciate the the work that you did and the conversations you had and both the offering of provisional findings in this report, but also the recommendations you provided with us today, um, excuse me, for us today. And I got to say, too, that I'm relieved and really grateful that you couldn't point to clear evidence of widespread racism and white supremacy. Um, But I also um, heard you reference and, and know that it's very important that this look into the department was key to ensure that our officers um, do indeed, and we learned today, for the most part, um, haven't experienced racism, um, but it's important to me to know that they feel safe and they feel respected in the workplace and have opportunities to be promoted. Um, And it's important that our residents um, feel and continue to feel the trust with the police department that they always have. Um, And so with your findings today, um, you've both, you know, relieved us um, and cleared the names. Our officers, the department in general, deserve to have their name cleared um, after we've all experienced the shocking news, um, but gave us a lot to think about with regard to the robust set of recommendations that you provided. Um, and so for council, um, I'd say, I believe, great questions asked today, um, but our staff, the chief, um, others need time to digest, as do we, the recommendations. And so I think our best steps knowing i'd say i should i should say it's not a given but that i'm confident with the resources that we have with the leadership team that we have um, with 
the look that the council has done on oversight and accountability um, that we can handle um, and address these recommendations with existing resources and the teams in place. Once again, that was Lauren McLean who wrapped up the uh, presentation as of yesterday uh, with your her thoughts. Your thoughts. Thanks for sticking uh, with us through. I know there was a, a lot of audio to get through, but thought it was important enough to talk about, especially since, I mean, it doesn't cost me any money. I'm not a Boise City taxpayer, but for those of you who live in Boise City, half a million dollars. And it sounds like it's not done yet. As of there is still money. You heard Michael Bromwich say that there is still money owed to Steptoe and Johnson. Um, I don't know if the mayor will tell them to go pound sand now that we have our uh, presentation. <laughs> but um, very expensive. Uh, I guess there are some good things that we found out. The good things were the very little racism going on within the Boise Police Department during the investigation time. Um, it's also encouraging to find out it doesn't sound like the person who started this whole investigation was out of control. Was out of control as far as racism is sounds concerned. Like, sounds like he was, uh, as individuals go, flawed. He was an a hole, and and he was lazy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Your thoughts, if you oh, want to weigh allegedly, in, allegedly, of course. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. One thing you didn't hear, and, and I, I should mention it, because he was asked to resign. You can say he, was, he resigned in disgrace because he didn't get fired, but I'm sure that was part of the talk from the mayor when Chief Ryan Lee was asked to quit, asked to leave. He did have praise for Chief Lee and how he did his job as police chief in the short time that he was here. He had especially high praise for his hiring policies and very high praise for the people that he hired in supervisory positions and thought that they were great hires for the Boise Police Department going forward. Once again, I don't know if that was what he was hired to do, but it, I mean, if you're going to spend half yeah. a million dollars, it's nice to get some yeah, of the good news with nice the bad news, right? It's nice to get a long summary of everything they found out, I suppose. Uh, Kevin and Caldwell writes, thanks for covering the issue today. Sounds like this overpriced snooty fella ought to stick to gouging his friends in New York and stay out of Idaho. If he has an issue with the spending of the public's funds, to me, the bigger issue is why mayor spent this money outside of Idaho. You cannot tell me there was no one qualified to investigate this. That's Kevin. No, they were just all so much cheaper. They couldn't have been good. (laughs) You get what you pay for, right? That sounded very Minnesota, didn't it? That I don't know. It was this snooty fella. Uh, we'll take a break. News coming up here next. If you want to weigh in, phone lines are open. Don't forget, you've got about another 15 minutes. If you want to get Luke Combs, concert tickets are absolutely free as long as you text Luke Combs right now, 208-336-3700. You have until 945, and then one person out of all the people that have texted this morning will be chosen for Saturday night's concert tickets. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. To raise the debt limit, Republicans are demanding spending cuts. 
pushing to claw back unspent COVID funding and impose stricter work requirements for some federal aid programs. Back on Capitol Hill, McCarthy told me that's non-negotiable. Is the work requirements on some federal aid programs a red line for you? Yes, this helps people get back into the workforce. It helps solve our supply chain. It takes us away from being dependent upon China. Without a deal, the federal government will run out of money to pay its bills as soon as June 1st. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warning the consequences would be dire. What to do? Uh, I know this is not something we were talking about right now, but it's one thing that I wanted to get to a little bit this morning because they did meet yesterday. Leadership did meet. President Biden was there. And coming out of that meeting, everybody agreed that they are a little closer to coming to an agreement, but they are still a fairly far distance apart. You you heard one of the things that uh, the lines that have been drawn in the sand is that Democrats will not agree to work requirements when it comes to programs like SNAP. I don't understand that myself. I mean, you and I, if we want to continue living and continue to pay our rent and and get food, we're required to work because we need a paycheck. Mm -hmm. If the federal government is going to do that, and by the way, this isn't required of everybody. They only want to expand. There's already work requirements. Uh, There's already work requirements for 25 to 50-year-olds they want to expand it to 55, so five more years, and it's only for able-bodied men, able-bodied women, able-bodied men who identify as women, able-bodied women who identify as men, who have no children that would be required to work if they receive those benefits. Able-bodied, able-minded. Able-minded, pe- yeah. People who are able to Healthy, yeah. That work, are, okay. Other than sitting there in your house I mean, watching you can, television all like day. Like, you can seem able-bodied, but you can have maybe some mental problems like severe anxiety that prevent you from getting a job. And I do understand that stuff. Yeah. But you're talking about people who don't have a problem. No. Just aren't working. Don't have, to, don't have kids so that they... You have to stay home with their children to yeah. help raise their children and watch their kids. These are people who are, are single, and Democrats have chosen that that's one thing that is non-negotiable. I don't understand that being non-negotiable. I mean, you're just raising the age to 55, 50 to 55 years old. There are already re- work requirements for those people. Um, you do have something that they have agreed on. I was like, hey, let's negotiate. How about 54. <laughs> you do have one thing that they have negotiated on. Both of them, Democrats and Republicans, agree that COVID funding, unspent COVID money, should be clawed yeah. back and put in other Uns- areas. Unspent money that was for a specific yeah. reason probably should be recycled. So, I mean, there's something everybody agrees on. Even the president said that that should happen. So there's one thing that you can say, all right, let's get this done. I agree. We should have this negotiated. with but- it's not the only thing they want. No, it isn't the only thing they want. They, they, they want to go back five months in spending. They want, they want to roll back the budget five months. I didn't hear what McCarthy had to say yesterday, but uh, I, I happened to see a few things just on social media that said, uh, did you hear McCarthy today? He said that, yes, definitely we're going after Social Security, we're going after Medicare, we're going after these different things. Well, it doesn't sound like he probably phrased it that way. That, yeah, I, that wouldn't be my guess. <laughs> I, 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 all I have ever heard is that those things are definitely not on the table. But it's like we said, you know, we, we always hark back to that movie, Dave, uh, where they actually looked at the budget and started getting on camera, started getting rid of things that it were unnecessary as opposed to getting rid of things that are necessary that just happen to be really expensive yeah 
I mean, there is low-hanging fruit here that I think that they can come to an agreement to. My prediction is that's what's going to happen. That they're they're going to get these low hit like the, yeah. the they bought, everybody agrees. President even says we should be clawing back the money from unspent COVID. There's one thing that they can agree on. I don't know how many billions of dollars it is, but I think you're going to find things like that that they can come to an agreement on. Uh, Biden was animate that he wasn't going to cut spending, but I think he's going to have to cut spending because right now he doesn't have the votes in the Senate to to pass this as a clean bill. He doesn't have forty. He doesn't have fifty votes in the Senate. Yeah. To pass it as a clean bill, let alone the 60 that would be needed, you would have to have t- 11, either 10 Republicans and that one independent, Manchin, who said he's not going to vote for it, a clean and, bill. And, and right now where they are is, is two sides don't agree on something. Uh, both can do something about it or both can do nothing about it. And both are essentially accusing the other of trying to hold the problem hostage. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, the other thing talking, uh, talking about heavily this morning, the investigation uh, presentation happened to the Boise City Council. we got a lot of emails to get to. Let's get to some of those right now. If you want to call in and give your thoughts, you can feel free to do that right now. The fi- phone lines are open. So, uh, first email, no name on this, says, uh, congratulations to our mayor. She initiated an investigation that was truly unnecessary, but the lasting result is our force now questions each other as to who who else could possibly be racist without demonstrating it? Nothing like introducing a lack of trust between our officers and the bonuses we paid for. Mm-hmm. And as of this week, we paid even more. Yay for Democratic government officials. They always bring out the best in people. Again, not necessarily introducing a lack of trust. It's either there or it's not. Right. Uh, just, you know, and, and for the most part. Now, I understand why asking certain questions can cause problems. But for the most part, just asking a question like, hey, is there any racism? Doesn't mean that, like, oh, shoot, you shouldn't have brought that up. Now people are going to think there's racism. <laughs> you know, uh, some things need to be discussed. Uh, Two Dogs writes in and says, Chris, many years ago, I was in a courtroom listening to an attorney attempt to justify his client's need for a $2 million award. He compared the amount to the $30 million that Michael Jackson was making on a world tour and that a Picasso had sold for $40 million. In his words, this $2 million was not much in comparison. And speaking of uh, not much of a comparison, uh, comparing your client to Michael Jackson and Picasso <laughs> sounds <laughs> stupid on, on the surface. But if uh, you look deeper into it, it sounds let's go know, to, re- really stupid. Let's go to the phones, 208-336-3700. Frazier in Boise. I'm listening. Yeah. Good morning. Hey, Dave. So we've got two two issues here. Uh, number one, how did this outfit out of Washington get hired? I don't recall any uh, uh, request for proposal or bidding uh, that went out. Uh, it looks like uh, the mayor just decided um, to hire somebody out of Washington. We may not travel in the circles that got the the, the request for bidding. <laughs> I'll tell you. I yeah. Don't. Okay. And but I don't. Two, I don't think the mayor acted unilaterally on this. I think this was a decision by also the city council. They had to approve it because there were city tax funds being spent. Yeah, but I don't think it, uh, it was done, uh, you know, according to the bidding process. That that aside, uh, I have asked for more than 30 years to have a police commission. And I've actually sat across the desk from the mayor and said, we need a police commission. We have no voice as citizens 
in the operation of our police and fire department. We need a commission just like we have for the parks department, design review, parking, a citizen, zoning. A citizen board, in other words. A citizen's advisory board that uh, decides whether or not uh, we should have dogs or, or uh, horses or motorcycles, all of those things. And this guy that uh, came up with a report basically said there was a lack of supervision, of, of policy. Uh, that was, it was the, the thing that came out of that report, yeah. was that uh, there wasn't any oversight. Right. That's what I was going to say. Su- supervision, there is. Oversight, there's not. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what we need. And uh, that's that's all I've got. All uh, right. I've asked for it for 30 years and been stonewalled. I think that uh, the union people today would go for that. Thank you for the call. For the police commission. Yeah. Appreciate it, Frazier. It's not a bad idea. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, although we might not have money to pay for that commission now because we spent $500,000 on well, I mean, you know, our report. Make it a volunteer commission. And that way only people with, you know, an axe to grind will, will. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Kenny in Napa, good morning. You're on News Talk KVOI. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry. I was just laughing at your comments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand because none of the report that he said was nothing against him, nothing about how he treated people or racism or anything. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the Boise Police Department is outstanding. Every officer that I've had encounters with, even when I got pulled over, they've always been kind, they've been courtesy, and they've been respectful. And what McLean did is ridiculous, you know. So, you guys, thank you for doing what you're doing, and I think that she's wrong, and her time as mayor is up. <laughs> thank you for the call, Kenny. You're welcome, guys. Thank you. And that'll be up to voters, of course. Yeah. As it always is. Uh, another text message at 208-336-3700. Sounds to me like this whole thing has been turned into some sort of witch hunt. I feel comfortable that they did check... And it showed that there was not any misconduct uh, of the type that they were supposed to be looking for. So now what we pay them even more money so they can go on a witch hunt until they do find something? Witch hunt is is uh, the only phrase I can think of right off the top of my head that's most popular in the 17th and 21st century. I will say I don't think they're going to be asking for them to do more investigation. I think the investigation is over. Um, however, we still apparently owe them more money for work that they did that hasn't been paid for above the $500,000 as of yet. This uh, instant message is not signed, but it says just because you don't get the results you want doesn't mean you don't pay for services. I pay for personal trainers, and I still haven't turned into a fitness model. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a pretty good point. <laughs> 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We will take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll announce the winner of our Luke Combs concert tickets, and we'll take a few more of your phone calls. You want to get through? This is your final chance to do that. Get on right now. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. The night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 950-208-336-3700. Nate 
in Fruitland. Thanks for listening in. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, guys. I don't have any uh, issue with any kind of investigation if you're looking for something like that or corruption. It makes sense. I don't understand why you would outsource it. And everyone's using the $500,000 bill number, and I I don't know what word he used, but it sounded something like he went significantly over that number. And did anyone ever find out what the real number is, the final number? And if not, will there be any follow-up to figure out what it is? Um, From what I've heard, if I'm correct, it was another $150,000, which seems pretty significant to me. $650,000. Okay, so that's the total number. So it's not $500,000. But keep in mind, he charges half of what he would normally charge, so that means it should well, be about $1.2 yeah. million. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or $1. Well, uh, thanks million. for the favor there. Yeah. I just, it's, it's quite frustrating when we should have our own oversight and keep that mon- well, money local. And, and I see your point, Nate, but you understand why you probably want to go outside the Boise Police Department for something like this. Because you don't want any bias. You don't want somebody that's like, well, he's my friend, so I'm going to take it easy on him, or I don't want to find anything. So I I think for transparency purposes, I don't have a problem with going outside the police department for the investigation. Half a million dollars, though, seems like an awful lot to get in unfinished A lot of people want to know, investigation. go outside the department, go like to the university or something. You know, don't necessarily go... uh, Yeah. Uh, to New York. 2,500 yeah. miles away. Thank you for the call. Denny, Appreciate it. Denny in Napa says, I have a tongue-in-cheek answer to your uh, almost impossible question. What is the most dangerous job in America? Answer, being a tail gunner on a beer truck in South Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that, again, that's uh, on that's the list good. of ones that wouldn't necessarily be that Another easy. email. Um, this one uh, says, when do you bring on the police officer to defend himself? And if it only takes two or three bad comments from those under you to keep you from being promoted, who will ever be qualified to be promoted? How did the other 99.9% of officers feel? And if his closest friend didn't know this about him, how much of an influence did he really have? Who cares about a person's personal views if they keep it to themselves? You, you do care. In case you missed it, if, by the way. that You do care. I mean, because he didn't keep them to himself himself after he retired right but you do care about whether or not it actually did affect the job at the time in case you missed it a little bit earlier one of the first audio pieces that we played in the seven o'clock hour so if you're just tuning in right now um there was nothing in the investigation presentation yesterday that said that he acted in any racist manner while he was a part of the boise police department he was lazy 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 and an a-hole um, but they didn't find that he acted in a racist manner. And there was one part of the investigation. This is the part that, in case you missed it this morning, um, they said that even nobody, police officers of Boise Police Department were shocked to find out that he had taken part yeah. in that convention, that he had written blogs. Never mentioned it to them. His best friend on the police department, who is black, had no idea. Yeah. John uh, of CUNA wrote in to say, just a reminder, today is National Idaho Day. And uh, somebody else wrote in to say, it's, hey, it's Idaho Statehood Day. No, they're, they're not the same thing. National Idaho Day is commemorative of uh, 1863, May 17th, 1863. That's when President Abraham Lincoln signed a piece of paper that indicated that Idaho was now a territory. 
Okay, so it's Idaho Territory Day, sort of, but it's just called Idaho right. Day, and it was Butch Otter that decided that we should uh, call that a holiday. Idaho Statehood Day was actually July 3rd, 1890. R. and Emmett writes in, your reporting on this is interesting from a distance from Boise. Should there not now be someone looking back at the apparent incompetence of the mayor and city council supervising inactions regarding this guy? <laughs> again, that Perhaps was, others? Again, that's part of what the results are for. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you may be uh, correct. Mm-hmm. That's a bit uh, about all the time we have for today. If you want to continue to weigh in with your thoughts, uh, we can do it again tomorrow morning. There are a lot of emails we did not get to uh, that we can get to tomorrow. I want to say congratulations going out uh, today. Uh, Kevin Martinson won our Luke Combs concert tickets. We'll have another pair. If you didn't win this morning, we'll have another pair to give away tomorrow morning. Plus, we'll have multiple pairs of tickets to the Idaho Steelhead Saturday night game as we kick off the uh, ECHL division finals. We'll have those to give away coming up tomorrow morning, too. Other than that, we're on a uh, well-earned 20-hour break. We'll talk to you tomorrow.